Hello again, everybody, and welcome back to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. We're a place for founders, entrepreneurs, startups to meet with angels, VCs, family offices, investment firms. We're kind of in the middle of all that. And uh, we are very happy to welcome to our podcast Jonathan Moore because he is in the middle of all that in South Korea and has been there 16 years and knows a heck of a lot about what's going on there. Welcome, Jonathan. Good to have you on The Accelerator. Thanks for having me, Michael. Pleasure to be here. And uh, we have what? Uh, quite a time difference. <laughs> it's yeah. a night nighttime where you are and a morning where I am, but exactly. very, ha very happy you could make it. Um, and uh, I just wanted to mention that what you said to me that uh, just today, South Korea took off the outdoor mask ban. So you're feeling pretty, pretty liberated. What are you going to do to celebrate? Go for a walk without a mask. <laughs> the weather's starting to get a bit warmer, right? It's spring. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, had, I never had a problem wearing a mask, especially in winter. It keeps you warm. But uh, yeah. it's great to be able to at least pull it down a little bit while outside. Uh, indoors, you still have to wear it. But, I mean, we all know it's pretty safe to wear it, uh, to not need it outside. So yeah, it's, it's a welcome change. Yeah, it's always been safe, um, according to Dr. Fauci here in the United States. But let's yeah. jump right into South Korea. You've been there 16 years. You started a learning app company um, 2013. Um, you've worked with, uh, uh, you know, accelerators or as a consultant with companies. And you're actually planning a fund um, in in South Korea. And, all, and I have your eye on. Singapore. I think I put you in touch with James Spurway in Singapore, who's who's been an angel there for a long time. So um, that's a lot to get our hands around. But let's start with right at the beginning. Why did you go to South Korea? What was it about the country? To be honest, I kind of spun the globe around, kind of just chose a random place. Uh, I came in 2006. Why, why not North Korea? It's right uh, next door. Well, I don't think we can really go to North Korea. <laughs> But, um, I, you, would, you would have the country all to yourself, um, Jonathan. True. So there's That's that. True. And yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe I wouldn't be able to leave if I went there. <laughs> right. but, um, uh, I have been there actually on a, on a short vacation, but I, I came to Korea really without any you know major reason. This was way before K-pop and K-dramas were really a thing. So uh, when I chose to go to South Korea, my friends were like, you know, why Korea? And uh Many, many people didn't even know where Korea was, you know, you know, 15 years ago. It was not really on the map as, it, as much as it is today due to the entertainment industry, the food, mm -hmm. everything kind of everything Korea is, you know, is just really going viral nowadays. Um, but I, I really wanted to go somewhere just off, you know, the beaten path. Um, and it was kind of random. I had never been to Asia at that point. I had traveled abroad several times in Europe and South America. And uh, I just wanted to go somewhere different. So I chose South Korea. Off, off, off a spinning globe. And um, um, what is it that keeps you there? Because you weren't an entrepreneur when you left, right? So that's right. So you uh, had kind of a, maybe not a transformation, but certainly an evolution. Right. So, you know, when I first came here, um, I came uh, right out of university and my, uh, my major and minor was uh, Spanish and English linguistics. And I just came to uh, teach English for a year. I thought, you know, right out of college, you know, see a new country and just do that. And I had no idea that it would lead me on this path. 
of uh, I got involved in education a little bit. I met my future co-founder um, who had also recently exited from another uh, education company that he started. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he exited for 20, 25 million or something. And uh, he was a great partner for me to have my first venture with. And we just built this app, uh, which was similar to Duolingo, but more for Asian audiences. It was video-based instead of text-based. And so we really wanted to teach people uh, in East Asia English, but more of kind of business English that people would use at, in the workplace. And so we built this, we created tons of content. I, I would travel all around the world, getting new content, interviewing CEOs from startups and corporates, and just creating content uh, to help people learn business English. And that's really how I got into the Korean startup ecosystem and the overall startup ecosystem in general. So so um, what happened to that learning app? What was the evolution? Uh, and you did have an exit, I think, right? 2013? Um, so, you know, I, we started in 2013. Um, we, we raised about $6 million, uh, which was decent for the time. Um, we acquired a couple million users, uh, mostly focused on B2B for monetization. Um, in the end, though, lots of competition out there. And ultimately, um, you know, pivoted into something else and I left. So there was, there was actually no exit uh, there, but um, there, is, there is some form of it there. Now it's doing something with blockchain. But I left years ago um, and uh, went on to work with Acceleration and to help other startups based on, you know, the lessons I learned as an entrepreneur. What what did you learn from that experience? It sounded like maybe it didn't end exactly the way you wanted. So what did you learn from that? Because, you know, it's a cliche that you learn more from failure, but it also happens to be one of those cliches that's generally true. So what did you learn? Very true. You know, it's it's weird. I hear these stories all the time. Oh, yeah, you you learn from failure, but it actually is true. Um, uh, there's many lessons I learned, but I would say one that really sticks with me is growing too fast. Um, and well, growing is kind of vague, but I mean, uh, you know, expanding too fast, perhaps. Uh, once we got investment, we, we hired like crazy. We tried to open offices in several different countries. And I think we weren't quite ready for that. We should have uh, used that money a little bit wiser to really get a hold of the market locally in South Korea and where we already were in Japan and Taiwan. But we really just tried to just, I think, spread that money a little bit too thin. Um, and that's something I would have changed uh, in hindsight. You know, it's funny. I, I had that ex- I've had that experience more than once. Um, you think that if you go to another location or another country that, you know, you're going to double or maybe triple or, you know, thing. But what you forget is that, okay, now you have to be two places or three places at once. And you have to have uh, multiple staffs in all likelihood, though maybe less so these days in a virtual world. But uh, it's it's extremely difficult. So that, that is definitely a good lesson to know. So so now we're back in 2013. You've left the company. Um, and what was the name of that company, just for, for the record? Um, our English name was Be Native. Be Native. Okay. You've left I, I Be Native. Yeah. I'm sorry. You've left Be Native. And... Um, uh, which has evolved many times since then. What, what, is, what is your mindset? What are you thinking? What do you want to do at that point? Um, I was really just thinking a lot of what I wanted to do. It, it, when I left, it was 2016. Um, okay. And, and, you know, I was just, um, 
really just searching, you know, just kind of reading books when I could, uh, reading online, seeing what else, you know, what should I do? Should I do some other startup? Um, and in the end, um, I ended up joining another startup uh, in charge of their market. It was their first marketing role um, for this other company, and they're now a unicorn. Um, when I joined, we had, I think there was about 200 employees, and now it's, now it's massive. Um, and what's that one? What's it, what is that called? That one's called IUNO. And they do uh, localization services for hmm. Netflix, Disney, these kinds of things. Um, you know, uh, subtitling, dubbing, oh. post-production, these kinds of things. So it was a totally different kind of company. But yeah. I wanted to use my, my marketing background. You know, I had just finished my MBA, just kind of left this startup. And I wanted to do a completely different field. Um, I ended up staying there for just under a year. And then, uh, you know, it wasn't for me. Uh, ended up joining a marketing agency for startups and where we work on acceleration projects and things like that. Okay. So it sounds like that became more your, was closer to maybe what's your calling. Yes. Uh, what is it about um, accelerating uh, startups in that area that is so, of such great interest to you? What did, what, what was it about that that got you excited? Well, I think one, it was able to, you know, use, the mistakes and the lessons I learned to help other entrepreneurs that really, I kind of vibed with that a lot. And at Be Native, we actually did start an accelerator, um, um, you know, with our education service uh, to help U.S. startups come into the Eastern Asian market. Uh, we had already bases in all these countries and we thought, let's give this a shot. We tried a little bit and it, it ultimately didn't work out. But um, that was my really first, you know, foray into the acceleration uh, industry and being able to do that again with a bit more support and other people who really were in this, you know, system. I, I loved it. I loved working with so many different startups, not just one, but helping 10 or 12 or 15 at a time. Um, you know, I could, I could easily look at these situations and say, okay, I can guide you a bit based on where I think you should go. I can help you with this, whether it's messaging or maybe look at your business model a little bit, help you with some connections, you know, introduce you to certain people. Um, I'm naturally uh, a people person, so I, I love connecting people. And I felt, hey, that's maybe that's what I'm good at, and so been doing that ever since. We're we're talking with Jonathan Moore. He is in South Korea. This is the Accelerator with Michael Conniff. That's me. A podcast dedicated to startups, founders, entrepreneurs and the angels, VCs, family offices, and investment firms who support them. Um, so, so this is very interesting. Now you're kind of at this point in the, after the marketing, when you get to the marketing agency in particular, you're starting to really facilitate things. What are you learning? Um, and um, where are you from originally? And tell me about the cultural differences of trying to do this in South Korea. Okay, yeah, so I'm from Texas originally. Um, <laughs> of course you are. <laughs> yeah. So I, I grew up in a small town, Abilene, Texas, um, and, you know, went to university also not far from there in Lubbock, uh, Texas Tech University. So yeah. always the Red Raiders, there. the Red Raiders. Exactly. Guns up. So you, you, I didn't know that, but you have to meet um, Travis Ruffy at LIGO Partners in London. He was captain of the football team and he's in really? the startup space. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I got to be introduced. At yeah, you got to meet him. Yeah, good contact for you. I mean, yeah, I, I love anything to do with sports. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you know, you know, you know, 
MVP at uh you know the Chiefs and everything out you know so yeah Travis uh, Travis played with Patrick Mahomes actually caught a pass from him so uh, really? so okay. yeah yeah anyway so you're from Texas you went up in South Korea what's the cultural difference between Texas and South Korea yeah so like I said I had traveled a lot uh, internationally before I came here so I didn't have a kind of major culture shock as some people might um, mm -hmm. you know going from somewhere west texas straight to you know a major city in asia um because i had i'm used to seeing differences but um, the thing is that the differences i noticed here were not things i noticed right away but mm. just after staying here a longer time learning a bit more of the language and the culture starting to realize okay the different way of thinking that's kind of what got me so the first couple weeks or months nothing really stood out as oh that's a huge difference but then when I'm making friends and working with people and knowing more of their mindset, I started realizing more of these differences. Um, but yeah, and what, mean, were the, what, what were the differences? What, excuse me for interrupting, but what were the what were the differences? I got to think about this. No, but um, there, there, there's there's a lot of things. Um, for one, taking for granted the fact that I'm from the U.S., which is a very diverse country, I'm used to seeing people of all races speaking different languages. Whereas in Korea, their mindset is very much, hey, we are a one people race with one language. Um, you don't see much diversity ex except for when you look in the mirror, perhaps, and uh, with other friends who are living here temporarily. Um, so dealing with people from other backgrounds, maybe I think we're used to being a bit sensitive regarding certain things, whereas here they don't grow up with that same privilege, I would say, of, of knowing people of different backgrounds. So um, getting used to certain questions from people, you know, uh, that's something to get used to. Um, they, they uh, a lot of Koreans, they might assume um, things about you and where you're from. So a, a lot of, a lot of questions are, hey, d does your country also have four seasons? Does it does it also snow where you're from? Like, I'm like, well, yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I just thought, I didn't realize I had to talk about these kinds of things. Some, some simple no. things. They're just very curious, which many of us are, which is fine. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, food is different. Um, so basically, you know, a complete sort of disconnect um, about who, who we are, who they are. So let's, let's turn this to the companies themselves. So what, what uh, I guess my, one of my major questions is, are the companies looking to be successful in South Korea, in Southeast Asia, or uh, worldwide, including America, what are what are the ambitions of the South Korean entrepreneur typically? So that's a great segue, actually, because um, as far as cultural differences here, I think coming from a Western country, we kind of think globally from the beginning. It's just kind of like, well, of course we're going to go global. Whereas many people here, they may not be thinking that way. They might just think, okay, um, I I know Korea. I'm Korean. So that's my thing, right? They, I think nowadays a lot more people do want to find global success, but a good portion of them don't know how. Um, so they need to talk to people like me who, okay, might know a little bit more about the outside world. Um, some people do have this kind of closed mentality of just, you know what, I don't understand about it, anything about this, so I'm not going to do it. Um, whereas many people, they are, hey, you know what, I speak a little English, let's do this thing but they just don't know what to do, what steps mm -hmm. to take. How do I actually uh, incorporate in another country? How do I target customers in another country? 
you know, what many people uh, fail to do is how to make a marketing strategy. It's not just a copy and paste, you know, translate the same word, use the same icons and colors, and it'll just work magically in other countries, right? Um, and I think a lot of American companies have learned this the hard way with, you know, you see some marketing strategies that have gone wrong, right? You've probably heard of stories of a, a car company in South America doing the wrong thing or Coca-Cola opening in China. These old ancient myths uh, or urban legends of how they've failed to, to go abroad. Um, you know, in, in here, they may not realize some of these things. You know what? If we translate that directly, it may not have the exact effect we think it will because of different cultural uh, backgrounds. So, you know, I really just want to help these guys um, expand to new markets and kind of, you know, be aware of certain differences and help them where they may be lacking. I'd, I'd love to know about specific South Korean companies that you think are really interesting. Do any come um, to mind? There are a lot. Um, I'm just trying to think of a specific one. Okay, so the first one on top of my head uh, someone asked me this also recently. There's a company, in my mind, it's the fastest growing early stage company. Uh, I think they just re finished their Series A. Um, it's called Business Canvas. Um, and they have a product called Typed. And it's basically like a Google Docs on steroids. You know, um, it's founded by an ex um, Deloitte consultant. And, you know, he was he was telling me, look, you know, as consultants or students or journalists, anyone has to do research. They have to have so many tabs open, right? I got research here. I got my, my Word document here. So many things open. We just lose so much time in that process. And so he's building a product to help solve that, to put everything in kind of one thing. Um, and they have gotten amazing support. They were accepted into Techstars London. Um, they, you know, recently just finished a series A and they only launched like a year ago. I mean, they were really fast uh, within, I think seven or eight months, they had already built their MVP and raised uh, a pre-seed and then shortly after got their series A. So really, really fast, uh, building a great team. Um, they're, they're someone I've met with several times. So that's why I know a lot about them. Um, I run a startup pitch event called Podium Star. And so they pitched in that event and I was able to you know, help them uh, meet other investors. And so did, did they win the event? Did they win the um, pitch? I don't remember if they won that specific one. They may have gotten second place. I think they actually no. did get second place. No. Um, you know, and that's just very, you know, subjective who wins a pitch competition. Sure. The main point for us is the connections they get from that. Um, we yeah. help before they pitch, we, we work with them on their messaging, their mm -hmm. pitch deck design, because we really want the results to, you know, we really want people to just match well with either accelerators or, or, or venture capitalists and really just uh, make something happen. So we've, we've I actually would, would go farther on the pitch front. Um, I've watched a lot of unicorn pitches in, in particular and um, but not just unicorn others as well. And I think that anyone who goes by the winners of these pitch contests is making a big mistake that, that you really have to decide for yourself um, right. People people win for all kinds of reasons. Sometimes they're charismatic. Sometimes they're in the metaverse. So I'm sure that's been your experience as well. So let's let's talk about. Um, and first of all, any other companies that you're really excited about in um, South Korea? Um, 
there's just so many and so many different levels. I mean, I, I work with dozens at any given time. Right now I'm working with uh, five fintech companies and 10 metaverse and about six NFT companies. Um, but to well, you've covered up, you've covered all the bases there. That's that's all the hot and no AI. We deal with AI quite often. Um, that's that's a big yeah. thing in Korea. But yeah. um, but our upcoming Podium Star event, which is May nineteenth, at least Korea time, um, it's it's all on the metaverse. So that's what I'm focused on right now. Oh. Just these metaverse companies. So if people are interested, they would you know they should uh, definitely sign up for that event. That's going to be. Um, uh, it's going to be pretty, the time is pretty okay for the U.S. time zone. So we scheduled it that way. Is it in English? It's 100% in English. That's oh, what we, okay. want to do. we want to help these startups um, connect outside of Korea. So we only do it in English. We try to get uh, investors from outside of Korea who maybe they're looking to diversify their portfolio a little bit, or mm -hmm. they're really interested in Korean technology, but they don't know what to look for. It's really hard to find information about Korean startups unless you speak Korea. Because unless we know, that, unless we know you, Jonathan, Jonathan Moore, uh, Mister Startup in Korea. So you have your eyes on Singapore as a way to kind of logically extend what you're doing. Why Singapore? You know, um, I think everyone has this dream and vision of Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley—that's the main step to go to. And I think that's great. You know, obviously Silicon Valley is just, it's number one in the world for, for the startup ecosystem, for investment, for everything. But I don't think it makes sense to, for it to be the number one, you know, be all place for every startup. I think for a lot of uh, companies here in South Korea, I think Singapore makes a better cultural fit. Not only is it closer, they can, um, they can find investors who are, you know, more involved in the Asian ecosystem. Um, because for, for, for Korea, even Singapore is, is very foreign, right? If they don't speak English, that's a very difficult place to go to, but it's way easier to connect with another Asian country, especially one that speaks English and that's heavily involved in the Southeast Asian, um, you know, mm -hmm. community versus going all the way to the U S. So if it makes sense to go to the U S fine, but I feel like so many other startups would benefit from exploring the Southeast Asian market. And I've so been there I'm sorry. Keep going. Um, forgive me. I, I, I've been there several times recently in January and just meeting with people and they all share the same thing. You know, they love to learn more and see more Korean startups. And I feel like Korean startups are going to benefit as well. So I really think it's a win-win situation. I, I, I will caution you on your original advice about being careful about expanding. <laughs> but but, uh, but it makes a lot of sense. So logistically, how do you do it? How do you kind of create that connection and an ecosystem that links Singapore to South Korea. What do you, what do you literally do to make that happen? Well, first of all, I have to say, I don't have the answers all right now. Um, this is still a, a work in progress that I'm building with a partner here. Um, so I, I do a little work with uh, tech stars here in South Korea as a mentor and as an entrepreneur in residence and me and, the other guy who's working at Techstars here as a program director, um, we've been kind of the ones behind this initiative. And so, um, you know, as a background with acceleration, we, we kind of know how to help these early stage startups make their first steps outside of the country. And I've learned enough not to make the same mistakes, I think. So, um, you know, we, we want to do it slowly in the right way. 
So what we want to do is we want to help these startups who have a, a good fit for the Southeast Asian market. We want to help them uh, with funding. We, wanna, we, we also want to invest in them. But we want to introduce them to other investors as well. Uh, we want to inter- introduce them to partners where it makes sense. So if, there be, if there's some B2B fintechs, we want to introduce them to you know, uh, these major financial, financial institutions in Singapore who have a lot more leverage than a lot of the, you know, the subsidiaries in, uh, or the branches in Korea, since they're just local branches. Singapore is the head of APAC for many, many companies. It just makes sense, especially for- Yeah, people. no, it, it does. And we wish you luck in that um, endeavor. And um, so I guess you've been there 16 years. That's a long time, obviously. Um, when was the last time you were back in the States? Good question. Um, it was 2019, summer of 2019. Just Pre-pandemic, of course. Because I, I would go every summer to see my family, you know, summer vacation. That was the best time to see my parents and siblings. And um, 2020 couldn't go. 2021, I could have gone, but I was working on a project that was really important. Sorry, mom. And I uh, promised this time, this time I'm going. So I'm going this July. Sorry, mom. Oh, that well, that's good. You'll make up for make up yeah, for lost time. Um, how do they feel about their son, like doing this strange thing over in South Korea? Um, oh goodness, you know, uh, my mom and my sister both are just—they've been ready for years. When are you coming back? When are you coming home? <laughs> sure. So you know, we've been talking about that, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll see. Maybe maybe I'm in Singapore for a little bit, or maybe I'm in a situation where I'm going back regularly which would be the optimal situation but uh but there's something yeah i mean obviously there's something you must love about that country to keep you there you know to keep you so engaged what what is it what is it about south korea i think it's just you know i you know i like things about the u.s but here um there's just things move so fast and it's so exciting um you know move they move fast in south korea they're, 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 oh, it yes. feels... they're known for that. Okay. So, I mean, this is a country that used to be one of the poorest countries in the, in the world just from the 50s and 60s. And then from the 70s and 80s, saw rapid growth. And now it's the number 12 economy in the world. I think they're one of the only countries that used to wow. receive UNICEF funding to now be giving UNICEF funding. Um, hmm. It is just, you look at photos of, type in Seoul 1970 and look at, you know, 50 years later, it's just crazy to see what they've done. Um, and I don't see any other countries doing something so drastic, but it's not just the history. Things are just always done really quickly, quickly here. Um, I go on a business trip to Europe or to the US and I need to print something, you know, posters or brochures. They say, okay, three to five business days. That would never happen here. You get that same day or next day, everything is same day or next day. Um, and that's just one example, uh, food delivery, uh, was was a thing before, um, I think it was back in the U.S. You know, I mean, uh, things are just always done very, very fast here. Well, if, if South Korea is so speeded up, then I would have to guess it's a great place to be uh, Mr. Accelerator because they're going fast already. <laughs> um, There's so many startups here and they're all so exciting. So, yeah, I'm, I'm blessed to be in this situation to see so yeah. many startups who are doing awesome things. Well, we're really excited for you, um, and uh, we are going to introduce you to Travis Bruffy, the captain of the Texas Tech football team a few years ago, and um, 
Uh, we're really happy to have you here on the accelerator, um, Jonathan. So thanks, um, thanks so much for being with us, and please, um, please stay in touch. And uh, we'd love to hear more about um, your pitch events. If you yes. let me know, I will put a, put a, put it on my network. Um, That's great. And, yeah, it's it's a podiumstar.org for anyone who's listening. Uh, podiumstar.org. And what um, you said, May nineteenth in Korea. Does that mean May eighteenth here? Great question. Um, I'm, it's too late for me to think about what the time difference is. <laughs> um, I believe it is going to be the night of the eighteenth. Okay. Well, I check podiumstars.org. Um, and obviously, Jonathan is um, up to his eyeballs in startups in South Korea, soon to be Singapore. Um, you know, you're exactly the kind of person um, I like to have on the show because I feel like um, it's important for us to touch base at the very least in each each of the countries where we can find somebody who's really dedicated to making startups happen. So, so Jonathan, it's great to know you and thank you so much uh, for being with us today. Thanks very much for having me. And you've been listening to The Accelerator with Michael Conniff. You can find me on Twitter at Michael Conniff, M-I-C-H-A-E-L-C-O-N-N-I-F-F, two N's and two F's, or go to my website, michaelconniff.com. We are on all the major podcast platforms, also on YouTube, also on my website. Um, so please find a way to listen to us, subscribe, and even give us a good rating if you have a chance. Um, so that's, uh, that's it for now, but uh, we'll be back before you know it. And thanks for being with us.